What's up, everyone? If you were wondering how I've done this podcast, it's based off the Anchor. All you have to do is unload the Anchor app. And even better, guys, it's free. You could also possibly be getting paid to do this. I mean, all you got to do is just download the app. Speak your mind. If you ever dreamed of making a podcast or just anything, let your voice be heard. You can also be known on Spotify, Apple, or anything download. Just go on the Anchor app. How's it going, everyone? This is Buzzing with Marlo. I am Warren Marlo. Um, it is Saturday morning at 10.05. It is bright and sunny, and I love to say it. The sun is smiling at me because the it is time to get stop getting pale and start getting a tan. Um, like I said, it is hot outside. So that just means what it in the Marlo household, pool day. That is what today is going to consist of today. Um Today, I would like to talk about my favorite topic that I have been waiting to talk about. It is episode three. I think it's the perfect time to talk about it, and it is the art of professional wrestling. Like I said in my current episode, in my past episodes, I was a professional wrestler for almost six years. Um, I was the guy that they called as the American prodigy. I was a wrestler outside of CCW, Continental Championship Wrestling. That's where I started, and we will get into that type of story in a little bit. Um, I know we are almost done with quarantine. Uh, I know it's about time to start opening back up everything. Um, I know that we've been having some troubles through this. I know a lot of people that I know personally have lost their jobs over this. Uh, It's been sad. I mean, still... Even with us reopening, the coronavirus is not officially gone. And we need to really just make sure we stay precautious on that. But I also tell you, don't be scared to go outside. Don't be scared to live your life. Don't be scared to just be like, all right, you know what? It's not gone. Honestly, it's a cold, y'all. And uh, it's very hard to get away. It's really hard to stay away from it. Avoid it. So... I feel, and I want to praise everyone for being able to just stay in their homes and just keeping people safe, keeping your family safe, and most importantly, just the world is finally showing a unit type scenario, and it was, it's been really hectic and crazy, like you're seeing celebrities and stuff having to deal with the same things as us, we don't, we don't see stuff like that nowadays, yes, they have a bigger, fancier house and stuff, and maybe quarantine is like a break for them, but we also got to see it as that, like that for us, because I've seen numerous people sit here and share stuff on social media talking about they would spend a year on an island, or if they were able to just stay away from work for almost a year, but make sure that their income is not going to affect them. Uh, well, this was our one. Uh, maybe none of us are all asked for it, but just had to look at some positives in it. Uh, my last episode, like I said, it affected two high school seniors, uh, and it was a very great episode. Uh, Samantha Collins and Rose Collins, they were twin sisters. I appreciate them. I love them. And I was just so thankful that they were actually to spend some time with me and talk about this. I know it was a long time coming for them just to talk about it because these two really were working really hard for their senior year. And, I, and I, not just them in general, just any senior this was maybe possibly their last time in school, last time just being able to really enjoy school. Like, because after senior year, everyone knows, including me, uh, I've been graduated from high school since 2011, uh, 2012. Yeah, class of 2011. Yeah. So it's been a while for me. It's almost about to be my high school reunion. So for me to actually say I had a a graduation for me to have a say I had a senior year I don't remember a lot of my senior year but I'm sure a lot of people could just go back on their senior year and be like man I wish I'd done this whatever but these guys didn't get don't get this opportunity and I'm very glad to know that we're reopening everything again so that means that they should be able to get a really proper 
suit graduation. So I appreciate that, and I appreciate y'all listening to the episode. If you haven't, go back and check that episode out because it was very good, just very real in all honesty. Because, like I said from the beginning of my past old podcasts, I just said I am not just strictly doing all about sports uh, because that's going on all over the place. You just watch it on TV right now. We got Stephen A. Smith. We got... uh, Shannon and all them guys just talking about what in the past and everyone needs to come as everybody's comparing Michael Jordan LeBron James the biggest talks is Tom Brady going into the Buccaneers Rob Gronkowski's coming out of the WWE as a 24-7 champion and now he's going back to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh it's it's crazy uh and I that's my biggest thing. I didn't want to just do a podcast on this. Because I hear it at my job every single day. Every single day. Even when football season wasn't going on, you'd still heard about football season. You would think these guys are actually on the field playing with these teams that they sit here and talk about all the time. And, I mean, of course, that talk is who's better than Michael Jordan and uh, LeBron James. And later on episodes, because, like I said, this is only my third episode. We will get into those details, but I am going to talk about a sport that is current, that is going up to date, that is literally, it may have affected the crowd base in wrestling, but I am going to talk about the redheaded stepchild of professional wrestling. Yes, you say this sport is fake. Yes, you say the sport is choreographed, and I'm going to explain that to you today. Um, Like I said, I was a professional wrestler for six years. Uh... As a guy named American Prodigy. Uh, I loved it. I enjoyed it. It was an adrenaline rush. And uh, it was an amazing experience. It actually helped me embrace myself a little bit. It made me uh, just grew closer to people. It made me be more sociable. It made me be more enjoyable. It made me appreciate a lot of things more. Um, It made me... For sure, if you watch any of my matches back in the, if you want to go on there, go on Continental Championship Wrestling and type in American Prodigy, you might have to go through a lot of matches to get back to it because I have not been in the ring for almost two years. And uh, you can see that I took a lot of risk and I was not the biggest fan of heights. And when I changed the game and started ch- jumping off the top rope, it was a big game changer for me and uh, just a real big thrill. And uh, you would never. And I, and I repeat this again, I've played every sport there is. I've done so much on like an athletic standpoint. Coming out through a curtain, don't matter what size of the building, what type of crowd it is, it's just literally an adrenaline rush. When you hear the crowd and you're just going through the curtain, it's just like a feeling like no other. And uh, like I said, with the coronavirus, it affected high schools, jobs, everything. This big job, it affected the WWE, it affected professional wrestling, because the art of professional wrestling is you want the biggest crowd every show. And for what I was on, I was not in the WWE, I was not in AEW or anything like that. I was in the art of independent wrestling. Um, so basically, that's a sh- that's a wrestling company. Those are wrestling companies that are not big time but are trying to get there. So it's kind of like the minor leagues of professional wrestling. And believe it or not, you get more better wrestling, in my opinion, in the indies than what you would see in the WWE. What would you see in AEW? Because it's guys that are doing it because they love it. And uh, well, and hopefully in later on episodes, I've got some episodes planned up to where we're going to talk to a couple of my fellow friend independent wrestlers and uh, just... Be able to get pick on their brain of like what's been their lives going on and stuff because this is a lot of people's jobs. And yes, WWE was up and going, AEW was up and rolling without even no fans, and that had to be a real big game changer. And we're gonna pick a brain on the on the WWE. And the biggest topic I would love to talk about is WrestleMania. I when we first talked about it, when I first saw that there was a lot of insiders and everything going on about Wrestlemania. I simply said, this will be one of their best wrestling shows. Because, yes, they like to overhype a lot of 
matches. They like to overhype a lot of promos and try to just put a very good cinematic thing to all episodes of wrestling. And Vince McMahon, yes, he is known to do that, but Vince McMahon is always going to do that. That's what a lot of people don't realize. Vince doesn't care what your opinion is about. Oh, you're overhyping this match. You're overdoing this match. You're over over us on this match. He is not going to care because one thing is point. He don't care what he's doing. He knows people are going to talk about it. If you want to make a statement or make a point to Vince McMahon about, hey, we don't like this. We don't want you pushing him. We don't want you doing anything. The biggest thing to do is not say a thing about it. Because when I've learned in wrestling, if you are not talked at all, you're not doing your job. If they're hating you, if they are literally just saying a word about you, that means you're doing your spot. You're doing your part in the in the art of wrestling. And uh, a lot of fans feel like they are more obligated with this because of AEW. Uh, my honest opinion on AEW, it is doing well at a certain extent. My biggest problem is with AEW that has been going on for a while. Yes, I love the idea of competition completely love the idea of the competition i've actually had a couple of friends that have actually been on aew and i actually have been in the ring with two of them that have actually almost wrestled in aew so it's been really cool to see where it's gone of course i'm a big jacksonville jaguar fan so i would like to take a little of the hype on that one for aew knowing it's owned by tony khan uh it was it's been doing very well and I think the greatest signing was with Cody doing with Jericho. Um, not a big fan of Moxley. I've never been a real big Dean fan, but I feel like yes, he had some, he had some thunder and stuff, and he's had a little bit of credibility to where he could be a very good main eventer. My biggest opinion about Dean Ambrose, I felt like he was a stunt stunt devil Mick Foley. Just a little bit skinnier and just be able to move, move a little bit better. But uh, obviously he's proven me wrong. Um, do I like the Moxley character? Honestly, I think Moxley is the same thing as Dean Ambrose. Except Dean Ambrose wasn't saying the stupid promos. Like what he's... Like, I mean, uh, John Moxley ain't saying the really dumb promos that Dean Ambrose was doing in WWE. Uh, I felt like when he got... When they split him from the Shield... It was time for the for the wrestler part of these guys to to really stand out. When you have Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and Dean Ambrose, these guys came in there like a powerhouse. And I remember I was in high school watching these guys, and I was getting mad. These guys had me getting attention, like where I was getting just where I felt feelings every time of this. And of course, when they touched one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, The Rock, and then find out that him and Roman Reigns were related, and but I didn't know behind the scenes scenes of it, so it, it just hit me with feelings and stuff. And that's one thing I will say about professional wrestling is you get a feeling. I don't care if you just sit here and say, oh, it's fake or it's choreographed or whatever. You're still going to go and watch it. And I feel like that was the smartest thing for Vince McMahon to continue WWE even with the coronavirus going on. Even with, I don't care whose idea it was to do an empty building or whatever, it was the smartest thing to do because now you're putting visuals, you're putting eyes on your product. And they've been doing a very good job. And a very good example, WrestleMania. That show is known to be the show of it all. That show is known to be the Super Bowl of the world. I have been to a WrestleMania. I went to the WrestleMania in Orlando, WrestleMania 33. It was an amazing experience. It was an awesome just visual. Like it was a larger than life. I mean, you had a stadium that was outlined like a roller coaster for Orlando, known for its theme parks and stuff. And and it wasn't just people in the United States that were at WrestleMania. That's where a lot of people are not realizing this. When you go to WrestleMania, you're seeing people from Australia, China, Mandarin, uh, Australia, um, and uh, whew, New, New England. I mean, all these places like London, France, all of them, like... You meet so many people from any type of generation, from any type of 
state, city, country, whatever, and and they all have one love, and that's for for professional wrestling. And, and and one good thing about WrestleMania that I've always always would love. I mean, when it's WrestleMania week, like you just see a full events going around. Like when I went to the WrestleMania 33 in Orlando, we went to the Wrestling Access where you went Thursday where they had like an opening thing for a whole week thing and it was just like you get to meet all your WWE superstars you get to do the entrances of your favorite wrestlers and stuff and it was just something that you live for and it was kind of like the Super Bowl Super Bowl is known in the world and when Tony Khan and Shaw Khan and them decided hey we're gonna take the Jaguars and take them to London we just put another visual into the world that football and football is now loved in London and even further on countries and stuff and that's what that's what the art of selling your product is and that's what a great great hand of sports can do for people and whatever people say in my honest opinion I don't believe NASCAR is a sport but you're going to sit here and tell me professional wrestling ain't a sport I mean I've done so many sports and wrestling in general tops all of them and I'm gonna. Ex- it's just, yes, it might be choreographed stuff, but when you're hitting that boards, when you're hitting a ring, let's describe what a ring is. A ring is something that is not a trampoline. A ring does not have springs on it at all times, and uh, it's you're hearing that in that ring, and literally. Those boards hurt people. I mean, you have a pad that maybe, maybe have a little, like two to three inch thick, maybe, for a padding, for boards. It depends on what type of ring you got. It depends on what type, what level of boards you have for that. What what what's the size of the ring? Was it a low board or if it's just a regular ring or of course a boxing ring? So that's going to even be more stiffer because it's just more wider out so obviously you can't get fully long pads enough to get the size a good thick pad to put around for a boxing ring because a boxing ring is not known to slam people on in the ring so yes you are hitting board after board after board and it and it's just by reps and it's repetition that's one reason why you have to go to training school and stuff to learn how to properly bump learn how to properly do moves and stuff to other people because you can hurt somebody just from us little simple moves like a DDT. If you're not pulled back with the person, if they don't fall back with you at the same time, you could really harm somebody. A suplex and a great a great example. If you have somebody in a suplex and if I don't turn or if the person doesn't turn right and if you, the person that you have under your arms and you go to lift him up and he doesn't jump up with you or whatever, it could really harm somebody. Uh, and it's best basically put it for wrestling is two can tango. If if both of you ain't on the same on the same uh lyric or the same song, whatever, then it's gonna just be a cluster and it's gonna be a real bad a bad crumble, basically. And I've had some bad matches in my life, and I mean no one's ever gonna really say that they've never had a bad match. But we'll get further on into that later. But with wrestling, WWE, WrestleMania, you expect a crowd you expect a larger than life thing you expect to just to see what production they have done to make that stadium what they were going to do the art of it when they first became with it was going to be a pirate theme i remember that uh and the coolest thing that i was really hyped for on the tampa wrestlemania was going to be they had a pirate ship literally in on the stadium so i was really curious what they were going to do with that and when they got pulled because of the coronavirus and stuff, I was a little bummed. I wasn't even going to lie. For a second, I actually believed that they were going to cancel WrestleMania. But I was seeing that WWE was holding it by a thread. Like, uh-uh, we're not doing this. Uh-uh, uh-uh. And when they got declared that, hey, you guys switch it out and whatever. So they went to the Performance Center. I was like, okay, wrestling part is going to be amazing. But you also got to realize... It can't be what we're all expecting. And a lot of people, when they were talking about it and stuff, I've heard a lot of people were just like, 
how you feel about it? How you think this WrestleMania is going to go? And I told him, I, I told him flat out, just from a wrestling standpoint, it's going to be amazing because the guys they got there are wrestlers. Now, are they the best promo guys? Are they the best um, actors on some things? No, but the wrestling standpoint, this is going to be amazing. And no, no, look no further. When WrestleMania started going boom, 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 and you just watched the match after match after match, it was just amazing. On uh, just the art of the wrestling, the matches were just whew, amazing. And uh, it was just, I my personal favorite was the Charlotte and Rhea Ripley match. Just wrestling in general, it was something to just be like, wow, where this is where the women's wrestling has come to. And I feel like not only just in the WWE that women's wrestling now has gotten to be over pushed, over hyped, but they're actually excelling. And my honest opinion on these matches, it could either go a hit or a miss on these. But when you put Charlotte Flair in the ring with anyone, from her dad being the nature boy Ric Flair, from her family, just all lines of wrestlers, uh, David David Flair, he wrestled in WCW. Um, his Ric Flair's youngest son, which of course he died wrestling living that life of Ric Flair and he wanted to be the younger nature boy Ric Flair and he was wrestling phenomenally in New Japan and stuff and for him to lose his life over some stuff and then find out Charlotte was like you know what I'm gonna live my brother's dream and become a professional wrestler and just see where she's came from day one from just wrestling off of the independence literally just being on the development of, of WWE all through and just excelling so much charlotte is by far the greatest in-ring performer right now in wrestling on the wwe's current roster and my honest opinion between her and aj styles there is nobody even closer to them uh the ringleader i think in the roster right now to this day would probably be brock lesnar and randy orton and maybe ray mysterio but ray mysterio just came back on this uh i love the what they've been doing with the rosters uh the biggest match I was really excited for before WrestleMania even started was going to be Randy Orton versus Edge. I'm going to tell you right now, I've done, like I said, I've done professional wrestling for six years, but when you watch Randy Orton and Edge in the ring that one time after the Royal Rumble, after what just excelled and what happened at the Rumble, and Randy Orton to literally, and I kind of expected it, but I was just not expecting it at that time, just right off the get-go. But Randy Orton, boom, RKO to Edge out of nowhere. Um, and then what he did with the chair shots, and you could just tell deep inside, Randy did not want to do it. But him to stay in character, to keep going with it, and you could tell Edge was nervous about the chairs because that neck injury was supposed to be the career-ending injury. Like, Edge retired nine years ago, and for him to come back and just... Just the one thing that blew my mind is all these wrestlers that have retired now and that are possibly coming back a little bit, and everyone gets upset. Yeah, these part-timers are coming in. These guys are looking their absolute best than they've ever been. Ever been. I have never seen Edge with dang near a 12-pack. I have never seen The Rock looking stacked and jacked like he does nowadays i mean i've never seen christian these guys have literally have changed their bodies it's from their eating habits from back in the day and that's one thing i will praise about wrestlers nowadays you have so much knowledge of nutrition they have so much knowledge of how to take care of their bodies through this and yes when i've when I was a wrestler, I would just see guys and it just it blew my mind of like the shape and form these guys were because it was just like we do the we do this often like we've got to train our best we've got to do this but it's hard for these guys that have been in WWE TNA and all these guys because they're on the road twenty four seven. Yes, they do two shows on TV and then bam, they're start doing all these house shows. So they're literally not home more than two days a week. 
And like when I said with WrestleMania, I think that was a big change for them on that because then they had to lower the house shows. They had to lower everything. So when I saw Edge come back from that Rumble, oh my gosh, I I was like a little kid again watching it. And it was just blown away of how amazing that was. And I knew when Edge was coming back at me, I didn't know if it was going to be, okay, where are we going with this? Like, is Edge going to be back, back, or is he coming to just wrestle this one WrestleMania spot and just get in there and get that flair and shine. So I was really happy about that match. And it was, and you couldn't do it any better. For a show that had no crowd, they did very well with these matches. Um, was it hard to watch them sometimes? Yes, because you were just expecting so much on it. And you could tell the wrestlers and just how professional they are where they could still look at the camera angle where they're supposed to be because they've got numerous camera angles when you have it like in a small wrestling company like us you only got to worry about maybe one or two cameras no you're worrying about 50 cameras and it was just crazy and amazing to see how these guys reacted on these shows and i mean coming in back and forth doing no crowd shows it's just a, a big character, and, and I just praise these guys. I know no one really gives them that appreciation, but you've got appreciation from me for just entertaining people through this tragic times. And WrestleMania, it knocked it right out of the park. I, we will explain the match about, like I said, Rhea, uh, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte. That match by far was the best match, I think, of the night on WrestleMania night one. Because they did two nights of WrestleMania. And I thought that was an amazing idea on that. And I've been saying that for numerous times. I wish that they would trim WrestleMania down. Uh, I went to Orlando. And we watched WrestleMania start from Sunday. You would only have the full WrestleMania. And it went from freaking 5 o'clock in the afternoon. To literally almost 2 a.m. the morning. And uh, it was very hot. Drastically. And no wind. So you're sweating the whole time. But just... I have very big kudos to them, and I hope they push further two nights for WrestleMania. I love the two-part WrestleMania. It was amazing. Part one, like I said, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte stole the show, but the thing that caught my eyes on the second one was Undertaker and AJ Styles. I was very curious how they were going to do with it, but when I, when I saw that they announced it was going to be a Boneyard match, then I knew, okay, this is what we need. This is what I would love to see. Like, finally, we're getting out of the empty arena. Uh, we're going to make a different visual on it. And I'm so glad and so happy that they've done this. AJ Styles, second to none. There's nobody else on that roster that can hold the jockstrap to him. I think he's the modern-day Shawn Michaels in wrestling right now. Uh, Undertaker, obviously... We have so many conversations about who's the GOAT, whatever. My two top wrestlers will be Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. But you have got to add the character of The Undertaker as the greatest gimmick in wrestling. Hands down, there is nobody else that could do the character of The Undertaker and just show scare, fear, and just show emotion as much as he has done in his years of professional wrestling. Uh, my honest opinion with him... For him to do these boneyard matches, it is time for him to get those longevity and where it could actually help him. And it won't kill his character. It won't hurt his character. Because the biggest thing about wrestling is you're living a character. That's your person. That's your that's your that's your hidden body that you put on TV. That only that character is put on TV. And when you watch these mat when you watch the build up to Undertaker and AJ Styles. Undertaker appearing in matches to help somebody when AJ and his group the club is ganging on people and just see where those promos got oh my gosh I feel like this match changed AJ Styles' character as a promo uh, as a talker in the ring because AJ I have never seen an Undertaker match where anyone clearly says Undertaker's wife's name or clearly says his actual name in the art of, in in any match I've ever seen. So I just praise that AJ Styles took that extra jump and that extra leap to be like, you know what? You're not the guy that you used to be anymore. And I'm just so glad that they did this story like this because 
Anyone could relate to that. Because when you watched WrestleMania, and I'm and I'm sure I'm not the only one saying this, when you watched WrestleMania, you were always curious who was facing Taker. Who was going to be the victim of the streak. And when they broke the streak in WrestleMania 30, I was blown away. I didn't say anything for the rest of the night until Daniel Bryant won again. It was that shocking. Like, it was just like, what did we just watch? Like, in my honest opinion, I feel like if they would have beat the streak, Taker's done. And for Taker to go in and wrestle numerous more times, he went to wrestle Bray Wyatt, saved his streak again, went in there and wrestled, uh, who was it, John Cena. And I felt like they should have done a full match with it, but I mean, Cena won. He he flat out told him, "No, I'm not. I'm not winning this match." It shows respect to Taker because, honest, my opinion, Taker should have never lost that Mania unless it was his farewell. And of course, when he lost to Roman Reigns in Orlando, we all thought he was done. That's why I stayed until 2 a.m. because it took him that much longer to get out of the ring, and it was just blown away. Like, oh my goodness, that's it. That's it. So when he came back with John Cena, I was a little upset because it was just what I experienced at WrestleMania in Orlando. It was just like you couldn't go out further and better that way. And for how it went further on with the stories and stuff, of course, Taker's body was breaking down and stuff. I was so curious to how they were going to do when they announced this match, AJ Styles versus Taker. And I'm very happy what they've done. Yes, I actually enjoyed the cinematic match. It was very awesome. It was the Undertaker that we have experienced. This is the Taker that we have seen. This is the Taker that gave AJ Styles that new level to just take and run with. Because now AJ could honestly retire now and be considered still one of the best in wrestling. And for that match with him and Taker, and I feel like now that is elevated to make more matches that way. I'm very... Very happy about that match. I was very pleased with it. And, I, and I'm and i saying this like I said it before. Metallica made a lot of money on that song after that match. I, I even listened to it. I'm not the biggest rock fan. Of course, I listen to rock music or something. It's just the feeling that I am when I work out. But when you listen to that song, when Taker came out on that motorcycle, you knew, oh man. I I jumped out of my chair and my son, he's he's his dad's been wrestling for almost six years and when I quit and stuff and when he watches this match, my son has now been a WWE fan. He used to love John Cena. That my son is literally off the chain gang, uh, character off the C Nation team and now he is on a phenomenal AJ Styles team and he has changed. He's sitting here coming in the household holding his hands up everything. I'm phenomenal playing with wrestling action figures, playing with wrestling games all the time because of this match. And it's all and he always wants to have that match. He always wants to watch that one match. AJ Styles versus Undertaker. And he doesn't want the Undertaker that's rolling his eyes in the back of his head and being the phenom. He wants the American badass version. He wants the guy that's coming out with a motorcycle and it was just amazing amazing character. And I mean, Taker far none, nobody else could do it better than he did. And I was just very pleased with this match. I mean, it, you could not done this any better way. And the final touch of that match where he just raises his hands up and the house just starts firing up. Best finish I've ever seen in my life. And with AJ coming in the coffin, really elevated and changed his game. And like I said, this made AJ who he is. And this made that name. He is phenomenal. And I salute... AJ Styles and Undertaker in this match, they did an amazing job. They saved night one. Because, I mean, when you watch this match, it needed to really pick up compared to what it was. Because the match before them was, was it, it was Braun Strowman versus Goldberg. And I was very curious how this match was going to go. I was very curious on this. Because Goldberg's been having some sore patches. And Goldberg's wrestling in-ring ability has been exposed lately in some of these matches. And when you watch the match with him and Undertaker, 
Goldberg got a lot of bad backlash. And, I mean, second to none, Goldberg is still one of the best wrestlers. He has still been one of the highest merch sellers in WCW, in my honest opinion. I was never a real big WCW fan, but I was a big Bill Goldberg fan. He was just like a superhero. And for Bill Goldberg to get just basically exposed on some of this, and he kind of experienced this a little bit too when he first came to the WWE. But when he wrestled The Rock, when he wrestled Triple H, they they just took him under his wing and, and they made Goldberg to what he was. And it's just a, a powerhouse, a monster. And I was very curious when they announced this match saying Goldberg versus Braun Strowman because it was supposed to be Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. And clearly we're seeing what's going on with Roman Reigns in, in the future. And I, and, I, and I hope and pray he... Has a safe baby on the way. I hope and pray that his health is good because of this coronavirus, it, it could have affected him very badly because this man's fought cancer twice and beat cancer. And to come back into wrestling nonstop, get back to a main card, get back to the main's point, and to be taken away again just because he's got family health issues, I would not shame him for that. Roman Reigns is the John Cena of this generation right now. And uh, I hope and pray he can get back because Roman was doing phenomenal. And I would have loved to see Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. I was really curious of what that was going to be. But when it got pulled, I was very glad to see Braun Strowman finally got what he needed. Um, Braun Strowman, I believe, is the guy that should have beat Brock Lesnar. Braun Strowman is a guy that's been overpushed and almost became almost a new cane to me. And uh, I felt like they needed something for him because if he keep losing these big matches... There's no strong thing as a monster amendment. It's killing his character. His credibility is going down, and it's just like, ah. Uh. So I was really curious when this match started. Of course, you knew it wasn't going to be a wrestling, wrestling match. Uh, these guys, when you have two big, good, hemoth type men, you should not expect just a regular wrestling match. Uh, when you see these big guys. Opening up with tie-ups, tie-ups. It's just not going to make any sense for these two guys. Because you see one guy jacked at almost 60 years old. And you got Braun Strowman coming in very young. Still at maybe the age of 29, maybe 30-ish. Maybe in his 30s, I think. Uh, don't get me wrong. I don't know the full age of it. But for them to come in there and to entertain you. And they're going to be the second main event. And the big title match. Uh, I think they did very well. Uh... It was not expected to be a very long match. I mean, you watched Goldberg's return back when he wrestled Brock Lesnar. Goldberg speared Brock Lesnar three times. Three times. And boom, he wins the match. And that was your main event. So, obviously you weren't going to expect so much out of it. And I really liked the match with Goldberg and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania in Orlando. It was very good, very powerful, and believable. So you knew it was not going to be... Just a very eye-opener, oh my gosh, wrestling-type match. Wrestling's all about your character. And I believe with Goldberg's matches, they shouldn't go that long. I just feel like Goldberg's matches should be minimum five minutes. Honestly, in wrestling, I've learned this when I started wrestling. Five-minute matches are very long considered to some matches now sometimes. Because it was just, when you get in that ring, there's no breaks. There's no second takes or whatever so i was very pleased with what goldberg and braun Strowman promoted uh i felt like they could have uh maybe teach goldberg on on the bumping part because when you bump sideways it hurts man it hurts and uh i praised both of them on that match and i was very happy to see braun Strowman finally getting the title winning it uh it was really cool to see it and i'm very curious to see what storylines that Braun Strowman's going to be in, what what this is going to do for him. I feel like they've got the title on the right person to help SmackDown get further in there. Uh, just really, really proud of that match. It was not going to be a long one, and I didn't expect it. So I was really pleased to see what it came on that. I liked how both guys got pretty much... A couple of offense back in, and then of course Braun Strowman coming to reverse him off of this, off of the jackhammer, which I was very curious if Goldberg was even going to pick him up on it. Old Goldberg, I'm sure, but not newer. So I was very happy about that one. 
Uh, oh, another one that caught my eye was the ladder match. Uh, it's it's a very hard task to do a ladder match with no crowd. And I think Kofi and these guys really experienced it. And it was very well done. I mean, it's really hard to do a match that has no crowd. I'm going to say that again. It's really hard to do a match with no crowd. It is basically what I would call in the Indies a training session. So for them to do what they've done, because honestly, I learned in wrestling, the bigger the crowd, the bigger your spot should be. Uh, and uh, if you were wrestling in front of like six people, your wrestling mentality is going to kind of change compared to what you would wrestle in front of a thousand or 500 or 600 type people. And I was very proud of what they'd done because they had to do some big spots because obviously it's WrestleMania. You want that WrestleMania moment type. And I felt like they did really good with Kofi. John Morrison coming back and just uh, just a freak of an athlete that he is. I think they did a very good job with him. Uh, Kofi Kingston coming off of Kofi Mania of last year just changing the game. I'm still mad to this day that they did not make him and Daniel Bryant the main event of WrestleMania 35 because, honestly, the crowd died out completely after that moment. That was what you needed, and I'm just glad Kofi got it. And, of course, they have not killed Kofi Kingston. They have not really destroyed his character from winning that WWE title a year ago. And I was very proud of what they've been doing with Kofi on the tag team championship. I love the idea of one guy from each team defending it to face each other and the winner wins the title. I love that. I know, of course, it was because someone was possibly sick or anything, but still, it was a great plan. It was a great match. And the ladder matches are very hard to draw up, and they did good. I mean, you got Jimmy Uso. I mean, come on, man. This guy's got a wrestling dynasty, and these guys just tore the house down. Hands down, tore it down. I know it's hard for a no crowd match, so obviously it's going to be a little bit harder to watch it visually. But as a wrestling type scenario, as an entertainment standpoint, it was good. And uh, another match that caught my eyes was Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. I have never been the biggest Seth Rollins fan. I felt like his character, he reminds me of a CM Punk. I don't care what anyone tells me in wrestling. They love Punk. They love Punk. They love Punk. I have never been a CM Punk fan. I have never been a guy that sits here and whines as much as he done. And I feel like Seth Rollins, as a heel standpoint, he is the CM Punk of our generation right now. And uh, Seth Rollins does not, I repeat this again, does, does not ever need to be a face, a good guy ever again. Seth Rollins is that guy that needs to be the full-on bad guy. And this match really helped him. The match with Kevin Owens, I loved it. Kevin Owens is a larger-than-life guy. I think till this day he is the stone cold of this brand. When I say this, he is not a babyface. He is not a heel. He is in between. And I feel like they need to keep Kevin Owens' credibility and just keep elevating with him. I feel like Kevin Owens can be the still the leader of this locker. I feel like Kevin Owens does a lot of spots that he shouldn't have to do sometimes. But this guy is literally the best out there to do it. Kevin Owens... Yes, he may be fat, but that boy can go. And that boy can wrestle a match any better than a skinny a guy that has a 12-pack. I mean, Kevin Owens has proved that larger in life every single time he has been in the ring. And I loved it. And uh, when he jumped off the WrestleMania banner in, in uh, the Performance Center, it was great. Uh, what was the other matches I would think of? Oh, yeah. We got to talk about the Firefly Funhouse match. John Cena versus The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Character-wise right now to this day, when you talk about a great character that's going on in the modern-day roster, right now, the the twenty area, the 2020 area, era like this, what we call the Sesame Street era, what I call just a rebuild era for these guys. And uh, I love The Fiend. I absolutely love this character. This character is literally 
a guy that could went into the attitude era and became a phenomenal rivalry with Undertaker, with Kane, with the guys were their absolute best. And uh, I feel like this guy could really have went in with the Attitude Era because the Attitude Era was known for their gimmicks. They weren't really always known for their wrestling. You can get mad at me all you want on this. They were not known for their wrestling. They were known for their characters. And that's what the 90s wrestling elevates so much more on the Attitude Era than any type of brand. And uh, Bray Wyatt, there is second to none. This guy has gotten to be crazy. I mean, I love the Mr. Rogers character. I was really curious if they would ever let him be in the ring as this guy. And he did when he wrestled The Miz. It was amazing just to see how it changes him in the ring every time. Like when he goes to build up for these Firefly Funhouse matches. You're watching SmackDown just to see what he's going to do next. And when he came out with John Cena, like for that promo that Cena came out saying, I'm letting the roster go into wrestlemania you knew for a fact like there was going to be something that changed but just that fan standpoint of me was just like wow we're not going to have john cena at mania like this is tamp this was this probably could have been his farewell that we all know and to see what they did with that the build into it it was just amazing so when you watch this you're thinking it's going to be a wrestling match we were all we were all just changed in it so when you go watch the Firefly Funhouse match and you see Cena coming out in the ring, I'm like, oh, so they're not even going to the Funhouse. But when Cena comes out and then bam, he gets put into the Funhouse match and he just and you just watch these skits. It's basically explaining the tra- the the failures that John Cena experienced. This is also simply saying this is what happened if the time would have been changed. And what what the fans were been asking and begging for would have happened. So basically saying, so when they showed in with Cena coming in the door, and when he goes in with Bray Wyatt and they're curling, whatever, boom, boom, boom. And you see where uh, Vince McMahon comes in and talk about this is such good shit. I mean that was, I mean that's the, been the catchphrase that since WrestleMania has been with that with that scenario, and with uh. Vince McMahon basically saying, all right, who's going to be the next guy to step up? We lost The Rock. We lost Austin. Who's coming up to get this grass, this grass ring and grass the brass ring? And, of course, you had Randy Orton, Batista. Those were the guys that Vince McMahon and Triple H and everyone really thought that were going to be that next guy. And let us know, you get a little step-headed child named John Cena coming in. And he shows ruthless aggression. And he just takes that and elevates it to a whole nother level. And the guy goes in. Regardless if you see the past rumors or past backlash that he's had with heat guys, whatever. But you see that with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin, if you would see in the past matches he had, there's some matches he would not want to lose. He quit wrestling because he did not want to put Brock Lesnar over. So honestly, I don't believe anyone should shun John Cena for what he's got, what he's accomplished. And when you see this match at a fun house and you see him curling weights with Bray Wyatt, obviously this is a point that's showing, oh man, he's putting in the work. He's showing this whatever. And this is why they kept uh, try putting more titles onto John Cena. And then when you see him going into a scene where... uh. He got the chair shot and then relived that match of when they had at WrestleMania 30. I was blown away. I loved the Funhouse match. And with the self-explanatory on it, John Cena was the biggest baby face that you will ever see. He was the modern-day Hulk Hogan. And basically, you never could turn him heel. I felt like they never should have turned John Cena a bad guy ever. And where they were showing the skit where he was showing, last time you made the choice of not hitting me with a chair. And basically he's saying, you buried me. You buried my character. You buried me. You you made me lose. So I lost all my credibility. So basically saying that Bray Wyatt's push, or basically his championship run, his whole wrestling persona was died down because he lost that match to John Cena. And just saying that John Cena was not able, wasn't showing him the the gratitude or whatever to give him that spot. So basically saying when Cena did not want to take the chair shot, he didn't want to take a risk on Bray Wyatt and just basically saying, all right, boom, this is the it for me. And this is where we get the Fiend and the Firefly Funhouse coming, elevating up. And uh, 
when Cena took that share shot and he misses and then bam he gets hit back and then when they show the NWO scene I was just blown away on that because it was showing that if John Cena would have turned heel it would have been like your Hulk Hogan heel run in uh, WCW and it was really different very eye-opening and it was just it was pretty cool I'm not even gonna lie it was really interesting to watch and it was just basically to show that feature of what if John Cena was a heel. And it was basically showing Bray Wyatt beating him in every of those subjects. And when they show the very end, John Cena comes in there and they're on the mic talking boom, boom, boom. And when he was showing about his rhymes, I mean, Cena had to take a another chapter in the book to be like, hey, I could elevate this character. If I don't, I'm going to lose my job. And uh, I have very well done on that. The promos were good and just showing when he was talking to Bray and no crowd was showing their effect or anything. It kind of showed like if Cena's stuff would not have been that upper level or what in the funk of that, that time, it wouldn't have done anything and John Cena would not have been who he was. And uh, I kudos to both of them. That match was drawn, it was very well done. It was not even a match. Like, it was very different. I was expecting, like, a type of slaughterhouse type match, time a fun house to go in there and be a little kid friendly, and then bam, the fiend comes in, and boom, they were really going to fight like how they did in the Boneyard match. But no, they did something very different. And with Cena's acting career the way he is, you got to limit on a lot of things. I think they did very well. I'm praying that that is not John Cena's farewell. I'm praying that John Cena is going to get his final match. Because honestly, no further ado, I want to see John Cena get that 17-time champion. There is nobody that's coming close to it. Maybe Orton. Orton is still hot, good, and everything as you could go right now as a character standpoint. And I, I just want to see... John Cena, maybe Triple H, John Cena, so somebody who's ready for him to get that, that pass that baton to. And uh, I just really enjoyed that match. Those were the matches that really stood out to me on, on WrestleMania standpoint. Uh, the women's matches, like I said, they've changed a lot. The Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler match, I was really interested to see how this was going to be. Uh, Shayna Baszler, by far the greatest heel in women wrestling right now. Uh, she just got a good storytelling standpoint. Like her selling is just second to none. I remember the match her and Tony Storm had, and where Tony did the the step on her elbow spot, and Shayna. The one part that caught my eyes is when Shayna went to act like, uh, and she pulled it apart. She pulled it amazing where where Tony finally gets her back and steps on her elbow and makes it look like she broke Shayna's arm. Shayna's going out the ring. And hitting the post to basically put her arm back in place. I have never seen something like that. And that just showed how real it was in that match. And it was just second to none just amazing. So when you watch Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. Uh, my honest opinion about Becky Lynch. I feel like they're over pushing her way too much. I feel like if she, they've got it to the point if Becky loses the title, that's Becky. That's Becky Lynch, and I don't know if the man's going to be able to get back on track on that. And I felt like they're 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 relying on Becky so much. I mean, Becky's selling the merch. Becky's doing this. Becky's excelling on promos. But when it comes to a wrestling standpoint, Becky does get carried away in some matches. But this match was done really well. Uh, Shayna, proper job. I'm pretty sure we're going to see Shayna win a be the champion about maybe before WrestleMania next year. Um, maybe at Money in the Bank. We'll see. But uh, that match was really well. And I'm very proud of these women and how they become because these women really can go. Bailey, Sasha, Becky, Charlotte, uh, the girls coming off of NXT, uh, Rhea Ripley just shredding it. And she's only in her 20s. Uh, you got Santana Garrett finally signed with it. Bianca Belair's getting her push in. And I mean, these women are really changing the game right now. And I and these girls are telling these guys, y'all gotta step up. 
and with this women's revolution and stuff, whatever happened, and it's not just changed WWE, it's changed professional wrestling in general because now women are getting opportunities on the AEW roster, are getting opportunities in TNA. Now, I feel like TNA kind of messed up when they put Tessa Blanner as a champion on some things because, honestly, I agree with Booker T. A heavyweight champion is the guy, is the person that is the the one that stands out more in the locker room. And for you to tell me that Tessa Blanner is your number one person, but when you put Tessa in a match with girls again and she loses to a female, that just kills all the credibility to the guy that she just beat for that title because it just basically proves that they're weak. And it just it, and that's what a character point of wrestling is. It just basically helps elevate your character and there's a way to downgrade your character. And it's just based off your moves and just the actions of the story. And I felt like WWE is doing a very amazing job with that type of standpoint. I feel like they don't need to be pushing Becky as much as they do on our fa- in our throats. Uh, Charlotte, second to none, the best one that's there. Sasha's right under her. Bailey's, this heel Bailey is a game changer. Uh, I was so curious to see what it was going to come out as, and it has been doing an amazing job. Bailey's promos have been second to none, and Bailey is going to be right under that leash, and I guarantee you Becky needs to watch out because Bailey's coming right under her. Sasha's right there with the NXT title, and it's meaning that the champions matter, and I'm very proud of all of these matches. Uh, like I said, with WrestleMania, just a overall card, I loved it. It was great. Uh, couldn't do any better. Now, of course, it would have been a lot different if you had a crowd. Uh, I feel like the match with Edge and Orton, it would not have been all around the Performance Center. I feel like everything would have been in the ring. And I feel like uh, if uh, there was a full-on crowd like how it was supposed to be for Tampa, of course, John Cena and Bray Wyatt were probably going to have a full-on wrestling match. Uh I don't think the Boneyard match would have been as great as it was if there was a full crowd because even as great as AJ is, even as great as Undertaker is, Taker clearly is getting older. Uh, his body is breaking down very badly. Uh, I would love to pe- see. I would love to see what they're gonna do further on with him, but this could honestly not done anything better to make his character even better. For him to come out as the American Badass was just amazing. Uh, Wrestling matches, of course, would have been a lot different. The Charlotte match and Rhea Ripley's eye-opening match would have been a lot better, too, because, like I said, you're getting no crowd, so you're hearing a lot of screams, and I feel like they needed to tell the women to watch on the selling a little bit on that because it's sounding like some inappropriate movies, but the matches were just phenomenal, and the matches were very well. I'm really looking forward to Money in the Bank. Uh, a lot of people have asked me numerous times about how I feel about it. I feel like it's going to be a very creative thing. Vince McMahon is not going to draw something up to make it look so stupid. Uh, for them to do it at the WWE headquarters, it's going to be something different. And this is what everybody's been begging for wrestling to be, is something different. But when you give it to them, they whine about it and stuff. And I just want people to realize on some of the booking standpoints that happens on this. If you're talking about it, they're going to promote it. Because... If you're not saying a word, that's when they start wondering, whoa, that wasn't a good idea. But if you're showing a reaction, they're not going to care. Because honestly, they don't care if you're going to say you're going to hate that product or what. You're still going to buy that network. You're still going to pay and watch this show. And and they're still going to make their money off of it. So this is one thing about wrestling fans that people need to realize is if you've never done this, you kind of need to watch what you're saying in this because honestly, your statements don't really, they matter to an extent for you to sit here and tell us, Oh, we can't wrestle and stuff like that. It's just, that's just, that's ignorant. I mean, it's just stupidity on some things. And, uh, like I said, WrestleMania all around amazing money in the bank. I'm very curious of what that's going to be. I'm very excited about it. And of course now with the reopening in Florida, Fans are now going to be able to come back and watch wrestling shows. So I feel like everything's going to start coming back in a little bit. But that little redhead stepchild of professional wrestling has actually helped bring sports back in some things. Of course, the XFL was doing really good and they get bankrupt. But and I and I feel sorry for these guys that literally lost their job in wrestling that got released 
right after they announced that this was going to be an essential job. Uh, I hope and pray everyone, I didn't bore you. I hope you all got some knowledge into wrestling. Uh, I just wanted to talk about WrestleMania and just a very good topic was wrestling in general. And this is my third episode and I appreciate everyone that has been listening through all my episodes and just being able to follow me and stuff like that. I really greatly appreciate it. Um, this, and for anyone in general, I just thank y'all for this because this is just an outlet for me just to t- get stuff off my mind. Uh, also, I've got stuff planned out to where we're going to talk to some guys that are in the independent wrestling, um, some fitness guys, some motivation guys. So, so just give us some types on uh, tips on nutrition, workouts and stuff, and also to put plugs in to help people as their professional wrestler characters and just let you know more people out there. And, uh, and I thank y'all. And this is Buzzin' with Marlo and Warren. And I'll see y'all later down the road. Later.